Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Welcome to Stories with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Ice. I'm joined by my co-host, Jimmy Williams, and we have a very special guest <laughs> person in the house, Josh Weathers, who... Time out. Did you just have to look at the paper to see my name? <laughs> no, it was, it was <laughs> a Am nervous... Am I that special? It was a nervous, it was a nervous look. Your name he, is he's just making here. sure. He's just making sure we got the right name, we got the right person. Uh, but, you know, we're so yeah. popular, we do so many of these, Josh, that you're kind of mid-tier. Hundreds of these. Yeah. But I... I'm I'm gonna be honest, dude. I'm very, very, very excited. You're, you you are. I feel like we don't we don't see each other a lot. Yeah. I feel like I follow through the gram. Yeah. Uh, but I I I feel like there's people that just light up your soul. Yeah. You are one of those. So so for those Thank for the you. people that don't know, Josh is a musician. Mm-hmm. For, lives in Fort Worth. Are you Fort Worth born and born and bred? Uh, I was born in Arlington. Moved around a bunch when I was a kid. But, but you're you are local. Yeah, you're, south of you're here. But a musician and artist. Uh, <clears throat> I have a couple like quick highlights here. Oh boy, your your cover of "I Will Always Love You" has thirty million views. Somewhere that, around there. Yeah. Like that's a lot of views. You have a nonprofit. He also him and his wife also uh-huh. have a nonprofit. Yes, love like you mean love it. Love like you mean it. And just man, just a talented, talented, talented dude. We're gonna dive into your story, <laughs> and also just learn some lessons, the things you learned along the way. Oh so so where, where I would like to start us off with is, is your voice <laughs> is crazy. I mean, it's it, it, like when I played music, it was it like there was a hundred million guitar players who were way better than me. And I'm walking up like I'm, I'm, I could compete, but like that dude's better than me. That is better than me. I feel like I was better on like making people have fun than a lot of guys, mm-hmm. but like your voice you are better than like most singers. Like you just do this crazy thing. Would you? I know you're like shaking your head and you're humble. You're a humble guy, but would you? Wouldn't you I say really, that's true? I so badly just want to talk in like a frog voice from here on out. <laughs> but you um, could do this like like this. Just crazy. I'm not even gonna try to emulate it because it's crazy. Hmm. But wouldn't you say your voice is like? I mean, it's. Yeah, I don't. It's pretty damn good. It's a good voice. Like yeah. if I heard it, if I heard somebody sing. At a venue, and they sang something like the "I Will Always Love You" cover. I'd be like, "Dude can sing." Yeah. Um, but the truth is, is that there is always somebody better than you. Sure, There's but always not, somebody not better. Not very you. many people. <laughs> well, so my, so my, I'm, I'm teeing you. I'm teeing that up because, like, was that something that you like you were born with, or did you learn that? Did you like go to mm-hmm. singing school? Like, how? Like, no, I think. Uh, I probably started singing. I was always interested in music as a kid, like always very interested. When I was like five, I thought George Strait and New Kids on the Block were like the only two things that mattered. It's a good combination. Yeah. I think that's the only artist that were back then, right? Is that (laughs) that right? Yeah, it was like 1988, 1989. My parents took me to the 
the uh, 303 Mall off of Pioneer Parkway in Arlington, and I bought the Hanging Tough VHS, which was <laughs> dude. You know, I remember that. I remember that. I watched that as well. I watched it every day. Yeah. I did. I learned like all the dance moves and stuff, and and I watched like the little blonde headed girl scream for them in the front. I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know. Do you but, dance? Huh? Do you dance? Yeah, I love dancing. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. And Dad Rock, I dance a bunch. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Bro. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we did, I didn't even tur- give a shout out to Dad Rock. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get, get We'll get we'll to get that. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I just, I, I, to me, the most joy that I get out of music is actually just entertaining. You know, I, I love writing songs and <clears throat> I love, um, you know, even like small intimate acoustic shows is cool, but I just I love entertaining people in any format really. So And do you have you were you just always naturally Oh we singing, we were talking about singing. Um I didn't know that I could sing. I could always hear it, you know, I could always I would hear it and like kinda hum along and I knew I had like pitch. I could always match what was coming out of the radio. And then um I was in maybe seventh grade and choir was not an elective you had to you you had to like take choir <clears throat> you had to do like a choir and theater arts and all that you know i went to school in houston for a little while in kingwood creekwood creekwood middle school there we go Ms. shout Fort, out if she ever hears this miss sport if you're out there um she brings everybody down to the piano one at a time so that you can see like who can sing and she's like no 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 she does it all the way you know like the whole scale of the piano and uh and then i could just kind of sing them all and she was like uh you can sing and i was like i guess so and she's like i'm gonna give you a solo in the 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 whatever and it was i believe i can fly (laughs) space jam yeah yeah, it was right about the same time as Space Jam, actually. Dude. And so that was the first song that I, like, sang in front of people. And then I was like, I love this. And then I sang uh, then the talent show the same year. We did that uh, John Michael Montgomery song, me and two other dudes. When I was 14, I was falling fast for a blue-eyed girl. Oh, yeah. So you, you were not, at that age, that's middle school? Yeah, it was middle school. So, yeah. Yeah, so you weren't afraid to, like, get up on stage? <laughs> no. Were you, all, were you, like, the loud, fun no. kid in the classroom? like uh, To a degree. I mean, my dad was pretty strict, and so it was a matter of, like, you better know when and when not to. And so, like, in class, I don't want to get a phone call from your teachers, that kind of thing. But what? he always encouraged me when it came to, like, when it came to music. Um, he, he told me. Like, he would see sync on television. He goes, you could do that. And I was like, yeah, I guess I probably could. But I was really into baseball. You know, seventh grade and eighth grade, I played sports and I was very competitive, loved playing sports and then got into high school and I started playing, um, I started rodeoing in high school. Rodeoing? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I roped calves. (laughs) From a horse? Yeah, yeah. I roped calves and team roped. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I did that all through high school and that's how I met my wife. So like wearing boots and wranglers and like... And I still so, have a dozen horses at that. Okay, but here's the here's the thing. You're in middle school. Mm-hmm. We all know you can't do sports and music, right? right? The stereotypes. You have to have your click, right? Well, I did. Though. So, but so I know. But that's what I'm saying is you're you're shattering kind of the the mm-hmm. especially like '90s, you know, middle school, yeah, you know, thing is like yeah. you're you're kind of go both ways. Do you get made fun of? Oh, sure. Do you, I was in. I played football. Yeah. Baseball. 
Yeah. And I was in show choir. I had to wear like gold lame vests wow. and like, you know. Like dress up. But like they were like, he can also tackle cows. That wasn't until high school, but <laughs> <Okay>. yes. <laughs> That's how it works for all of you cowboys out there. You yeah. tackle cows a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember there was a guy in high school. So I was in middle school. There was a guy in high school. His name was Tug something. Oh, yeah. Here we go. And he That's was like a the story. stud. Yeah. He was like the stud linebacker or whatever at Kingwood High School. Of course. Lineman. I mean, he was, but he was also in choir. Oh. Yeah. And nobody jacked with him. So you had an advocate. I was like, I was like Tug does it. Yeah. If it's okay <laughs> for him, it's okay name. for me. Dude, yeah. If you got a guy like Tug on your side, like, you know you're going to be set. So were you, and, I mean, I didn't know. I was like, so okay, do good? I want to be in the locker room with a bunch of dudes or do I want to be on the bus with girls? That's a good um, point. Which one? That's a good that point. Was, that you, was kind of my... Were you that good in seventh grade? I could sing in seventh grade. You could, so you I, could My do, voice was different. It sounded like Little Michael. Yeah, but yeah. you could do all the crazy... Because you have like a Lamborghini voice that just does... <laughs> I'm not... I'm not... I, like, if you haven't listened to Josh, you need to go listen to him. And, and yeah. I'm, I am a jaded musician. I played, I put, dude, <laughs> been around it, played it, did it. Yeah. Like, it's it's special. It's unique. So you just like, I was born, and and then out came mm-hmm. this crazy thing because I, <laughs> yeah, I my mean, talent show. It, it really is. I mean, it's a, it's. A, did you uh, get trained? Did you get like no. more training? So you never, dude. That's crazy. <clears throat> no, I never had any lessons like, or anything. Besides, like in choir, you know, she taught you to sing from your diaphragm and not like. From your head voice, which is, I still, I realized last night doing like dad rock show, I was singing and I'm never, cause my hands are never free. Right. Uh-huh. But I like, I hit my stomach and I was like, dude, it's like a rock right now. I was like, <laughs> usually I'm a little. The secret to your singing is you have really good abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But abs. they're under there somewhere. Yeah. I promise. Gosh, <laughs> so, so, and, and were you brothers or sisters? Do you have brothers or sisters? I have a little brother. Yeah. Little Jeremy. brother. So you're the oldest, mm-hmm. oldest. I'm the oldest. And what do you, what did your parents do? Uh, my dad worked, um, for like a healthcare company. He worked for Baxter healthcare and then he worked for a paper company. He ran like warehouses, uh, and that moved us around a lot when I was a kid and then my mom stayed at home she would take uh, like small jobs and work at like a pet store groom dogs and stuff like that but my mom was real country and my dad was kind of a city boy you know and so there was kind of like that dichotomy mm-hmm. yeah what? dad was real into like R&B and like classic rock stuff mom was Mom didn't like that stuff. You know, that was drug music when she was growing up. That's drug, what she said. drug yeah. music? <laughs> yeah, anytime she remembers it, like, all those druggies used to listen to that stuff, that kind of stuff. And then now she loves it. It was just funny. But um, but then my mom was like, you know, kind of classic country and um, huge George Strait fan. Like, oh, my gosh, my mom. So does that kind of explain, like, you you sort of have this country yeah. influence and you also have this, like, straight-up R&B right. yeah. mm-hmm. thing going. Yeah, and it's, it's both of those things have made up kind of what I enjoy. You, you had a question? Yeah, I was going to say, so, so your parents were real supportive throughout that whole process. Like, your dad wasn't like, you should play sports and not sing. Your mom mm-hmm. wasn't, you know what I mean? They were, they knew you had a, they knew you had a talent. Like, yeah, once, do you feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Once my uh, once my dad realized, like, so I was a freshman in college when I got I found a guitar in a buddy's garage and he gave it to me and it was so it was such a cheap. You didn't guitar. have you didn't have a guitar before that. Mm-mm. Well, my aunt had given me a guitar because everyone knew like Josh has the ability to perform or Josh has it. If we just maybe we, my aunt and uncle gave me a guitar for my birthday one year. Uh, it was like a hand-me-down of my uncles, and but I just I sat and I was like, dee, 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 and I 
and I was like, you know, and then I, I, I put it away because I was like, sports is more important. You know, it, that wasn't like a conscious decision. So in high, like sc- what high I, school, sports was, was more important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... And um, tackling cows. And that too. Yes. 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 <laughs> Rodeoing. So then freshman year of college, I found this guitar, Buddy's Garage. And I just, my uncle showed me a couple of chords, E, A, D, you know, G, C. He was like, you learn these, you can pretty much play anything. And then I, uh, I learned those chords and then I couldn't figure anybody else's music out. So I just started writing my own songs and I'd written like three songs. My dad was like, son, this is really good. And we're going to go, we're going to get you a guitar for your birthday. He took me to Mars Music in Arlington. I picked out I a guitar. I remember Mars. Yeah. I picked out a guitar. He gave it to me. Uh, just before Thanksgiving as like an early birthday present. My birthday's on Christmas Day. And so he was like, it's an early birthday present. And it's he- a terrible birthday, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't know any ev- different. Everything <laughs> is double. Like that's a, that's a hard birthday. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but he gave you a guitar. He gave me the guitar and then he told me, he was like, music is your thing. And he just was like, he just spoke that wow. into me. He said, music is your thing. And he said, if you want to take that, I was <clears throat> going to UTA. I was doing really well in school. He's like, you want to take some time off school to pursue music? Wow. You, you need to do that. And he said... Uh, How old were you? 19. Wow. And he said, uh, you're doing good in school. I'm proud of you. You're good at lots of things, Josh. You know, you could do lots of things, but I'm telling you, music's your thing. And then he had a heart attack on Christmas Eve. Oh, and my. passed away. Gosh. That, that, that yeah, a month later. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my really? gosh. Yeah, so he never got to see... Me, but he spoke that truth to you. Yeah, there's something to be said about a father's blessing. When, yeah, when he did that, did it feel like a big deal? Oh, or was it a big deal deal like later? No, it was a huge deal. It was a big deal that he would kind of give me that. Did he like take you take you somewhere to do that? Or just like no, I don't even remember where we were when we had that conversation. But um, you know, he would take me around. Like he would make me play songs at Thanksgiving. Listen to this. Josh wrote this. Listen to this song. Wow! You know he was very he was very encouraging, and uh, and my dad growing up was very strict. You know when it came to like grades, when it came to you make the grades, boy, or I'm taking those keys away. I'm gonna wear you out. You know it was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And A's and B's, you bring home a C because he wanted me. He was like, we're gonna, we, I want you to have options in the future, and uh, and so for him to tell me that I could put school on the back burner to go pursue something else. I was like, you know, that is that like, was a big deal. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. And so I, after he died, I went back to school for like a semester and I bombed everything because I was messed up, you know, my dad yeah. just died. And, so it was totally unexpected. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. He, he had went into work on the 23rd and was working in a warehouse over off of 20 in Mayfield, the Cardinal Health Building. And he just, it, he had worked all the way until midnight, mm. like the next day. So it was like it just turned the 24th and he went to pull the dock door down, told the guys, let's go home. And he just collapsed on the floor and that was it. Wow. They called my mom. They called my mom. My mom, I was at a buddy's house. My, and my mom called me and she was like, you need to go to the hospital. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with your dad. And they won't tell me what it is. I think he, I think he might've got too tired and had a wreck or something. I mean, they, because he just, yeah, they didn't, so they didn't know. Yeah. <clears throat> then we got there Man. and walk through that whole process which was just horrible Horrific. and as and as the the older son yeah yeah the mm-hmm. responsibility of everything's kind of falling on sure your yeah shoulders mm-hmm. yeah i mean i called my grandparents and told oh, them gosh. your son's dead yeah you know i had I, I helped set up the funeral arrangements and things like that but then i was just sort of 
uh, and just trying to like, you know, um, process it all. You know, I, like I cried so much for like a day that after that I didn't cry anymore. You know, you just kind of like I spent it all. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that I cried like at his funeral because I was just like so beat down, just and, zombified. You know. Yeah. And he sort of gave you that gift. <clears throat> that, yeah, yeah, he that totally you, did. Your blessing. I think that's cool. Yeah, a, a cool yeah, way to, absolutely. I mean, the Lord knew. It. Totally. He's like. Tell him, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. did that? Did that? Was that like just stuck in the back of your head after that? Like sure. I gotta go do this yeah. thing now. Yeah. Did and that was that on your radar before he said that? Like, was that an option? Mm, no. I mean, I wanted to. I'm sure. I, you know, I don't really remember. Um, I was just going through the motions. I was going to school and and that like freed you. I mean, it's like that's like the permission, the blessing, the freedom of yeah. like. Listen, son, this is mm-hmm. not only an option. This is like, this is you. Yeah, this is what you do. Yeah, this, this is what, is what you, you do. do. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man. That's amazing. Yeah. And he, and so I, I, I started a band shortly after that. And I didn't know the first thing about anything besides just playing, entertaining people. And that's what I, that's what I wanted to do and knew how to do. And so that's what I did. Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6th Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. We help small businesses grow by crafting and sharing their stories because when small business thrives, cities and communities prosper. You're obsessed with your business. We want to make the world obsessed with it too. And that you were still in college, or you dropped out of college? I dropped out of college. And you sit and you're like, schools I'm gonna... for fools. <laughs> schools <laughs> for fools. <laughs> three dropouts, three three quitters. Oh man, golly. Yeah. I still have like I still sometimes have sort of like nightmares about sitting in class and them and them handing me quizzes and tests that I had no <laughs> oh, dude, idea. I and I literally mm-hmm. I would just write my name mm-hmm. on it and hand it back to them. And be like, I don't have any idea what this. So is you're about. still a quitter, even in your dreams, right? In the in, but, well, that's a thing that actually happened. Those, that happened like multiple times. Oh, or you just you just. But, said, I'm but done. now I have dreams about it happening, and I'm like, Ugh. still gives you anxiety. Yeah. So, so, so you so you started a band. Yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. you got some guys together, started a yeah. band. Yeah, mm-hmm. some guys from UTA. Okay, I would go scour the jazz hall. I met a guy named Stephen Price. He played saxophone. I was like, you should play with me. Okay. And my brother played djembe. No, he played, uh, you had he a played, djembe in your original That was my band. brother. It was my, I played yes. acoustic because it what was the days was of like Jason Mraz was huge. Uh, yeah. And I loved And he had Jason like a djembe guy, right? Yes. Was he a Toka, or Rivera. Something? Yeah. Yeah. He had like I, went and, I went and saw him a couple of times. Like Jason, well, saw, Jason Mraz can do that crazy thing with his voice. He's incredible. Yeah. That was a big influence when I first that started playing sense. music. Was Mraz, yeah. So had a djembe, had a saxophone, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> a saxophone. The two pairs you need the, for a starting a band. I would, I would play at the movie tavern in Fort, in in Arlington, right there off of like Green Oaks. Watching movies? No, they would. They're like, they would have like playing, a little outside to... patio thing, and people would come out of the movie, and they wanted to keep oh, the business Green there. Oaks. Wow. <clears throat> so that would just go out there and play, and they covers. Play, or you write your own songs. I, at that point, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how I was covering, like as much time as I would have to play three and four hours because I didn't know enough songs. I think I would just play songs multiple times <laughs> yeah. to, because the, the sets people, would people exactly are, yeah, rotating in and out. Yeah. And I would just kind of just keep, you know, doing it again and again. And nobody seemed to care. People kept showing up at those things. And I would play coffee shops. I'd play at the uh, coffee house, H-A-U-S. They had one in 
Arlington at Lincoln Square. And that's where I met like Nick Choate. Mm -hmm. That's where I met Nick. He and I became buds. And and were you working too? Yeah, I was working at an animal clinic. Oh, okay. I was a vet tech. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did that for a long time. Because I wanted to be a, well, like originally I was going to go to school. Yeah. And then I was going to go to vet school. Be a vet. And I'd probably be a vet. Yeah. Because, you know, I grew up in the country, you know, you know, horses and cows and dogs and cats and that kind of stuff. So oh. how, how long did that process go where you like have this band, pseudo band, you're playing shows, well, we'll call them shows, right? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and you're working part time. Like, what is that time frame? When did that, what's your next, when did that end? Or like, when did that like, or when did you like form into something, mm -hmm. a real thing, a real thing where it's like, dude, we got a, like, I got a band. I'm like, I got a show at whatever venue. Uh, it was probably a couple years mm -hmm. later. I would say maybe a year and a half, two years later. Katie, my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. We've been together since she was 15 and I'm se I was 17. High school sweethearts. That's yeah. rare. Yeah. That's a it's rare, rare. Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... So y'all been together for how long? Mm, 21 years. Wow. We'll be this on. year, you can, 21 you can years. Drink. September, uh, <laughs> yeah, 22nd will be our is, our, is our 14th wedding anniversary. That's so cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was maybe, maybe a year or two later, uh, the guys that I played with, like from college, they, they kind of like lost interest, I guess. And Katie's dad played drums and he's like unbelievable. Right. I mean, it was just like the first time we jammed together, I thought like, it's not going to work. Cause you were used to djembe. <laughs> yeah. 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 I never, <laughs> like, yeah. There was a the whole drum set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my brother played the djembe and then I got a drummer. You got a drummer. Okay. Okay. A guy named Jordan Schartz played drums. And, That's a great uh, German name. Yeah. Schartz. Yeah. He was really into like 311. Okay. So like his snare was like. The really ding, high snare. Ding, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, and then Katie's dad, um, started playing with me. And he was very like, he kind of was like, you need to take this more serious. You know, he was like, you know, this is yeah. good. You need to, we need to do this, this, and this and make it better. You know, he was very, uh, because he played music his, since he was 14 mm -hmm. and his band like toured with, I mean, they played with Zeppelin and Hendrix mm -hmm. and all Whoa. kinds of stuff. Yeah. I have crazy handbills of him like with his picture next to like Led Zeppelin and there's this little tiny band called Jethro Tull down at the bottom. Wow. Yeah, crazy stuff. And um, and so, you know, I took his advice obviously and then I I think I, I went online. This was maybe even like pre-MySpace, found a bass player, Kevin Reynolds, and that was the band, me and Kevin and Sammy. There's three of us for a little while and then my buddy Justin Elliott joined the band. I met him at the Moon Bar. He played guitar. Yeah, I miss the Moon Bar. Yeah. And the moon was probably like my first place that I had like, I would say it was like, we have a gig, like a real, cause I'd played like four hour nights at the wine room across the street from Ridgely Theater. Did you ever go there? I remember that, yeah. It was like upstairs. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember that, second yeah. floor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we'd bring our amps in there, PA and freaking. And this was probably like, wine room. What, what, like 2006, 2005, 2006, seven? Yeah. Four or five. Okay. Yeah, 2004, 2005. Because I, I remember, like, that's that's around when I first heard your name. Like, people kind of talking about... Really? You you showing up on the scene. Like, I remember, you know, I, I, I would scour the Fort Worth Weekly... Yeah. ...to see who was playing. Yeah, I did, do, I did that, who too. Who were the new bands out and all that stuff. And I remember that that's around when I started seeing your name and seeing you, seeing you on the moon uh -huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. So that started to go well, and then... Yeah, and then the moon, the moon helped, and then we played, like, the Ridgely Theater... 
and play with like Mingo Fish Trap and because I was really into like funk and soul at the and time. And you were kind of doing bluesy, funky soul. Mm-hmm. That was like your, yeah. your thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of progressed from there. We I added horns to the band and then <clears throat> we did these Sunday nights at Lola's basement in the stockyards for like an entire summer. And I don't remember what year that was. But that's like things started to kind of turn. Like it was packed every. And pe- night. people were coming. They weren't like your friends and your. Correct. Yeah, like, I'm like, how is this even happening? I think about it now. I'm like, how did we even promote shows back then? Like MySpace, I guess. <laughs> flyers on <laughs> yeah. the wall. I mean, yeah, like, the flyers in MySpace. Yeah, because like nowadays you just use social media uh-huh. and you just buy an ad and stick it out there and let it, you know. But I'm like, how did we get people to come to gigs back then? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, crowds started to build, and and then we just we started to play out of town, and um, yeah, I mean, it was just sort of a word of mouth thing. I think I don't really. Know and you, so you you were talking earlier, like you you, you seem you've used this word to describe yourself a couple times, just as a, as an entertainer, mm-hmm. probably more than a singer, or more yeah, than a yeah. songwriter. Mm-hmm. Wh- where does that like? Is that is it like? Where does that come from? Is that is that like? I like getting people to do a certain thing or I like the attention or I, or I have the ability to walk in and I can like pump people like yeah what's sort of the motivating I don't really know I were mean, you like probably all of those things okay. combined you know it does a, feel good it makes you feel good <laughs> to know that people are having a good time watching you yeah you know, that makes you feel good so that's probably part of like the you know um, attention grab because a huge <clears throat> difference between being really fun and getting like knowing how to control an audience and being able to write good songs. So t- the, yeah. There's people that can write really, really good songs. There's people they, that can do both really can't. well. Yeah. yeah. There's there, like there are. Springsteen and Prince and those guys are like and Bruno Mars entertainer. Yeah. Dude. And the true entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of, but those guys, like when you listen, when you hear Springsteen talk about what he does, he's like, man, who I am on stage is not who I am off stage. He kind of turns on this character. Mm-hmm. And there's other people who are just like that. Yeah. No matter. Are you the type of person like when you're in a room, you? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. If that's a question you ask me or like somebody else. <laughs> Your wife. Yeah. I mean, I do have. I I feel like I I kind of live with this idea that's like you know, you, everyone lights up a room, but it's either when you walk in or when you walk out. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I like so, that. So everyone has the capability of doing that. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh. So I just I choose. I want to. You know, because of my faith, I want to carry joy. You know, I want that to be um, a witness to like what I believe in. And uh, but yeah, you you I mean, pump people up. I mean, you turn yeah, that's up, kind you, of the thing. That's the thing I like to do. Yeah, you got the crazy voice, and you like pump people up. Yeah, and that's part I think of my competitive nature too. Are you, you competitive? Know, very. Really? You know, I'm competitive to a degree where like it's like I like to win, but if I lose, eh, well next time okay i'm not the kind that like beats myself up for a month because we lost something yeah but you you, you're like if i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna go sure and like opening spots and things like that i love oh if you open you're like i'm gonna rock love that so so the first time we played together was that the house of blues you played we played house of blues it was your cd release yeah it was like green ordinances who made that call i don't know how is it the first gig we do is at your cd release ah well (laughs) Yeah, and and also like it's not a good idea to have Josh Weathers <laughs> open up for you. There's, I feel you, like, yeah, find the best singer and then <laughs> yeah. we'll put on a better singer than us. Yeah, I just remember after no, the after the show, like, so my mom and dad were always the people 
like you need those people in life where you can ask them like, how was I? And you want like, as a, as an artist, you want some affirmation and like, sure. Yeah. You want to know. And my parents, I was like, how was it? You know, like I wouldn't, because I tell me like, tell me how I'm doing. Yeah. And they would also be awesome. Sometimes my mom would be like, y'all were terrible, uh, which I also <laughs> love. But, but that night, like I was like, man, we were fantastic. And I was like, how was it? Was it was a good show. You're a great entertainer, oh, dude. I, 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 I appreciate it. But uh, the story, so I went, went, went with my parents. And I was like, how was it? And my dad goes, did you see Josh Weathers? <laughs> he was amazing. And I was like, yeah, but how are we? He was like, no, J- like Jamie, like they were on. I didn't, I didn't watch your set. Yeah. Because we were like backstage or whatever. But like both my parents, all they could talk about was you. And I was like, you're supposed to be fulfilling my, my insecure needs. Right uh, my CD release party going well, <laughs> yeah. and Josh Weathers the hit. Yeah, but apparently you like yeah you you just you rocked us, and you were like my dad's favorite band. Yeah, after that. Oh my god, he was always like, "Man, that- yeah, I've heard you tell this story." Yeah, but <laughs> that's like, don't, funny. Don't you're one of those people that I don't want to ever have open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always appreciated people like you know like if you watch Springsteen. Like I love Springsteen, especially early Springsteen stuff. I don't know when I got into it. It was maybe like several years ago, a decade ago, my buddy gave me a bunch of bootleg, like live Springsteen stuff from like 75 to like 78. So those two records, Born to Run, Darkness on the Edge of Town. And he, and then the river is when he started doing like four hour shows. And mm-hmm. I mean, he could keep an audience for four hours. Yeah. And, uh, and if you watch him, there was a show at Madison Square Garden called, uh, No Nukes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like, you know, this kind of like, big kind of like a protest show almost but everybody played james taylor played everybody played like everybody tom petty you you can listen to it on like uh wolfgang's vault you were listening to stuff on wolfgang's vault it's like all live bootlegs it's free that's cool and it's they're like good recordings so tom petty's like this is a brand new song uh and he's like hey where is everybody i mean it's like packed Uh arena but nobody cares because they're all there to they're see Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. And, like, I've watched, um, he played uh, uh, Refugee. And, like, it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, no, nobody had heard it before, you know? It wasn't a hit yet. But um, it, I watched a documentary, and they're like, they're like, um, they're like his manager, Tom Petty's manager, comes up and he goes, hey, if you go out there tonight and it sounds like they're booing you, they're not booing you. They're just saying Bruce, Bruce. And he was like, he goes, what's the difference? (laughs) But if you watch that show, Springsteen just destroys it, dude. And he like, I mean, it's unbelievable. He's channeling something. Oh, my goodness, dude. I mean, he just leveled everyone and everybody. That was it. Like. I mean, he was the best. That's cool. I'll have, I'll have to go. Then so, I, I appreciate that kind of stuff. Like, I just love that. The entertainment component. Yeah, that, that yeah. So yeah. transition there from, from yeah. that story. Where, so, I mean, first of all, one observation. The music industry is a grind and we all, like, everybody knows that. Sure. I just know it from hearing it from yeah, you yeah. two, right? So, like, whenever you're like, oh, it was a couple of years. Oh, that's just another couple of years. Like, you're out there working a part-time job and grinding it, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then you're playing shows weekends and, and now you're traveling. And so, you know, you're saying Springsteen, like, he just crushed it. Like, when did you get to that point where you're like, you, your band, and you're like, dude, we, like, we haven't made it, made it, but like, we're like here, we've like, mm-hmm. like people know us. It's working. Pe- like it's, it's like, working. Mm-hmm. And like, 
And if we haven't made it like Springsteen made it, right? Yeah. But we're like, we're getting there. We're yeah. like moving there. I'm quitting, quitting my part-time job. Yeah. I'm quitting. This is a full-time gig. Like wh- when was that realization? When did you be like- I'm going to quit. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, tell, tell us like how did that, it, you, you came to this spot of fame mm-hmm. uh, or, or, you know, pretty dang famous, yeah. you know, and you quit. So where is, let's, let's hear that. Uh, well, I mean, quit is a, I hold that, that hold that loosely. That's not yeah. like, it's not, obviously I haven't quit. I'm still yeah. doing it. Yeah. But, <clears throat> um, Katie and I, like my life had changed a lot. You know, we had gotten into AdvoCare. We were going to talk about that, but, um, things had changed. Like my perception of life had changed. Goals had changed. I was not interested in being out six nights a week anymore, drinking every night and then driving home. And, you know, I mean, I tell people I said that yesterday at church. I'm like, the only difference between me and people sitting in prison is I just didn't get caught. Yeah. That's it. Because I could have had a DWI. So you were drinking, drinking a lot and like you were partying. Sure. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. I mean, I never got into drugs or anything like that and, and never chased women or anything like that. It's never, never. But I did drink. Mm-hmm. I like to drink. And, um, you know, we, uh, we're sponsored by a whiskey company and things like that. And. And there's no, I'm not condemning anyone for any, any of that kind of stuff, but I, that was my life at the time. And so transition, things had changed. Katie is like, you know, we start going to church, you know, and that obviously transforms my life. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, where, what, like, I want to hear God's voice. I hear these people talk about this all the time. God told me this and God told me that. And yeah, I feel like, you know, and I'm like, I want, I want to know what that feels like. Yeah. And so I start reading scripture and I'm like, you talk to these people and talk to me. Did you, know? you grow up in church or? Uh, to a degree. Was- I mean, my mom, my mom went to like Church of Christ and my dad was Methodist. And so when they got married, it was kind of like, eh, where do we go? We just won't go anywhere often. Yeah. So we did go to church. We did go to church every once in a while. And I was raised to like, you know, honor God. And it's if you, a, I had to check a box, I was, but it's a very Texas thing. Sure. Yeah. Texas, like, Southern, I'm a Christian. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. American. Yeah. You know? Right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. And, and so I'm on stage we're on stage in front of 25,000 people, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And, and this, this was before the Whitney Houston thing or after all of this sort of happened all at the same time, because you, cause you were, I remember you were blowing up like people like you like what you did with us. You like were rocking people all over and you were playing venues around Texas, mm-hmm. kind of all over Texas. Mm-hmm. I remember like being in Amarillo and the night before they're like, Josh Withers was here and it was sold out and he's so crazy and so fun. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you were you were blowing up. And then then the Whitney Houston video came out, mm-hmm. which which was a, a video. Well, it hadn't it had come out years before. Yeah, you released it years before, but it got well. The, the Kessler Theater did. Jeff Lyles at the Kessler Theater. He had just like a little stationary camera parked up in the top, you know, like in the little rails that go around. And he videotaped me singing that song one night. At, at bit, you you remember. you covering "I Will Always Love Correct. You." Correct. Yeah. Like a yeah. couple years before. By Whitney uh-huh. Houston, yes. who sings a note that no one can sing, and somehow <laughs> you, a yeah, man, sang it. Like, just, just well, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I'd watched the movie that day. <laughs> and you, like, sang it for your mom? Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, it was my mom's birthday. And but that but that video got shared on Reddit or something like that. It was, like, Reddit. It went viral. Reddit, 
Huffington Post, the chive. The chive is when it went. Yeah. And like 30 million. It people. was like, dude kills Whitney Houston th- or whatever it uh-huh. was, you know. And that actually, it, it, it had about million and a half views, which at the time was a big deal. You yeah. Know, it was like, yeah. you know, it was a cat had a million views doing something <laughs> like a cute cat, you know. Yeah. Um, now a million views is like nothing, yeah. you know. I mean, but 30 million is a lot. So, yeah. So. This is what this is how it all happened. If I'm, if you know, the timeline, I need to sit down and like try to write it all <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, we're we're figuring it out today. But I, um, I on that stage, you know, we had like seven thirty time slot. We had great, you know, sun's going down. It's like that time slot, and I mean, it's what stage? Great. I was at the Larry Joe Taylor Festival, actually, okay, Stephenville. Because okay. you were you were, you were getting into Texas country. Scene yeah, I'd kind of well. gotten moved into that scene yeah. uh, because some of those guys kind of put their arm around me and were like, "You're great, come with us." And I was like, "Okay," and uh, and the music fit. You know, it fit to a degree. I was outside the box, yeah. but. But you still, were not Texas country, but you were just correct. They were yeah. like, "Come, be a part of Texas country because you're so damn good." Yeah, and they they just sort of welcomed me into that. So, you, so you're playing Larry Joe Taylor Festival for the twenty five thousand. I say twenty five thousand. Hold that loosely too. I, I didn't about, count I them all, but I have a picture of it, and you can count it. So it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, so fact I, check it. I um, the show goes great, and people we played shout at the end of the set, and you know these folks just they just lost it, you know. Yeah. Booze is flying everywhere. Beer cans are flying. There's videos of that. This too. is the epitome of of Josh the entertainer. Your entertainer game is on. Yeah, Your yeah. People yeah. are losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we it goes bananas. And um, I walk off stage, and a guy grabs me by both arms, and he's like, "I've been on the stage for 20 years. I've never seen that happen." He said, I, they didn't know who you were before you walked out there. And now look at this. Go out there and take yourself a victory lap. Because the band's still going, yeah. you know. And I I walked back out there to wave at people. And I just felt it like in my heart, you're in the wrong place. Wow. And I was really? like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. This no, should no, be no. the best feeling ever. It's great. And I'm like, I feel it. Like you're in the wrong place. And I'm like, oh, boy. So so I, uh, I walked back off stage and... I'm kind of like freaking out internally, you know, externally. I look like I'm, everything's yeah. good. I'm, people are patting you on the back. Guy meets me off stage. Right then, guy meets me off stage, gives me his card. He said, I'm going to be in my office in Nashville on Monday. I want you to call me. I'm a, I'm, you're a star. I know what to do with stars. And I was like, <laughs> and and he really did. Was it like mean, a manager or a record yeah, label? Yeah, well, just, I, I mean, his name's Tim Dubois. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Tim... Tim, are you serious? Yeah, so Tim he was, was like, like the head head of multiple labels to in, Nashville. in Nashville. He Holy ran for cow. he ran for Clive Davis. I mean, he, yeah, Alan I mean, Jackson, publishing companies, Brooks and Dunn, Vince Gill. Tim Dubois gave you his card. Yeah, and he was like, oh, dude, he was because he he was a really smart guy. I mean, I think he he caught onto the Texas country thing way early, and he managed guys like Roger Krieger and Kevin Fowler and those mm-hmm. guys. I, th- I think Kevin, but I know Roger, but um, and he was really smart. He had started a thing in Texas. He realized like there's something happening down there. And so he was like, you, me. And he wrote, I mean, he's a great songwriter. Yeah. He wrote like, love in the first degree. Yeah. He wrote like, There's a lot of people up there like, I know what to do with the stars. I'm like, I instantly don't trust you. Yeah, But, but he, that dude is is like. So he, he's yeah, like and he was, he was exactly how I thought like a major, like a major influencer in music would actually act. He was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you all this stuff. I'm not going to tell you who I am, what I've done. You can look that up. Yeah. Here's my card. Just Google me. Yeah. 
And he was like, call me. And so I, I do. I look, well, this guy walks up to me right after that. It's so funny. And he goes, you know who that is? And I said, no. And he goes, man, that's Tim Dubois. That's Tim Dubois, man. <laughs> and, and he goes, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, when people win Grammys, man, they thank God their mama and Tim Dubois. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. That's a good yeah. phrase and right I was there. like, oh, my goodness. So, you know, all this is happening. So you're, you're, blowing, you're blowing up in Texas. This you play this giant internally. show. The video goes viral. The video goes like, viral. I mean, it, it was so, shortly after that or maybe it was like right around the same time. I don't remember the whole timeline, but it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. And I'm in this like, I'm in this like, oh, gosh, what do I do? Feels like a midlife crisis or like yeah. a career crisis yeah, at this like, moment. I, of, I know, I know what I felt. Yeah, and I know that that's which you, you what the voice said. You're not supposed to do this. You're in the wrong mm-hmm. seat. You're, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. Yeah, you're in the wrong place. And it wasn't that. It was like it wasn't like condemning the place I was in. Yeah. As in like bad people, this yeah. bad. No, it was yeah. not like that. It was like this for you. I have something else. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really know how to handle that. And I didn't, you know, it was about a month, I guess. Uh, I talked to Tim a couple of times. Tim flew down, came to, a, came to a show, came, met the, met Katie and Cooper. I just had my one son at the time and it was so nice, dude. Nicest guy and was really encouraging. And, and, uh, he wanted me to come up there and write. And I mean, his son writes mega hits and Chris Dubois, they write He's written tons with like Stapleton and stuff like that. So, uh, and this is like all of the things that you want to happen, yeah. you know, that you've been aspiring This is everything to. you've been working for for <laughs> sure. 10 years. And I don't tell the story a whole lot because it, it, it makes me sound, I don't want it to make me sound like all like self-righteous, like I did the right thing mm-hmm. kind of thing because that's not. No, people do this all the time. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan quit basketball at the pinnacle of like, right? You know, it's like this happens. Like yeah. Who's that? No, yeah, yeah. Simone Biles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you're Simone. pretty much comparing you to Michael Jordan right now. So you better live <laughs> yeah. up to it in the rest yeah, of the story. That's funny. No, no, but seriously, I mean, I, I mean, no judgment there. It's like, this is what happened. This is your story. Yeah. And so, but you're grinding it. You're, you've made it. And, and now you're tired. Well, what? Well, you tired too. Just like, uh, I mean, like I said, life had changed. Mm-hmm. So tired of things. There were certain things about grinding that I was tired of. You know, the six nights a week, the drinking, the yeah. scene, yeah, the like compromising those wears kind of on you, compromising yeah. time with your family and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so uh, that video goes viral, and then and then more people start knocking, and I get like, oh, dude, it was crazy. I'll tell you like later some of the people <laughs> that reached out to me, but and it could have could have happened. Like it could have I could have gone this way, could have gone that way. You, you could have instantly had a record deal. Atlantic Records emailed me. Yeah. And I just deleted it. You didn't wow. even respond? Mm-hmm. What? I, I was like, if I don't, if I, if I even know, if I so you myself. So qu- did you quit? So you stopped playing music? So I, it was about a month later. It felt like you stopped playing music. It was literally like everyone like, Josh was like on this upward roller coaster, <laughs> passing all these people, passing all these bands. And then you just stopped. I, di- I never really knew what happened. Mm-hmm. I just knew you stopped. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, I, I had this just this sort of like internal struggle that was happening, and I didn't even know how to put words to it. I didn't have the verbiage. I didn't know how to tell the band. I, I didn't know how to tell everybody. I was just like, "We're going to go on a hiatus. I need some time." Did you like, announce that? Did you like tell people you're going on a hiatus? You just did it. No, I just kind of did it. Wow. And what'd I realized. What did your wife say? Whatever. What, 
I was like, a month later, I'm at this business conference and they have a voluntary like worship night. If you want to come, we went to that and I'm a mess at yeah. this thing. I'm like a disaster. You, like are you regretting your disaster because you're regretting? No, you I'm like, I'm just like, I don't know lost. what to do. And like, I know that the Lord is telling me there's another way and I don't know what it is, but I'm freaking out. And we get, we get done with that. We go all the way back up to bed. And my mom was actually with us. She was sharing a room. She was just watching her son. And I was like, I need to talk to you. And so we get out of bed. We come all the way back downstairs, go to the lobby. I was like, I think I have to like, like quit the band. And she was like, which the band is the Josh Weathers band. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think I have to like dissolve this and do something else. And I don't know what it is. And she's like, I said, I feel like the Lord told me you need to step away from this. Well, if that's what the Lord told you to do, what are we waiting on? Hmm. Wow. You know, it was like, she was like, who cares? And I was like, people are going to hate me. I mean, yeah, I'm the guy who entertains people. I like being liked. That's my you know? identity. Yeah. yeah, I like being liked. I don't want to be unliked. Yeah. And then she's like, it doesn't matter. I love you. Jesus loves you. It's fine. Who cares? Isn't it interesting? Your dad gives you permission and the freedom to go do it. And now your mom is like not giving you permission. You're an adult, grown with kids. No, that was stuff, my dad and my, my wife. Oh, your wife my is wife. saying my that. Wife okay, is well then that that's still cool that your yeah. wife is now giving you permission yeah. to go and do like it's okay. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. And well, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. We had we had Advocare at the time. Yeah, so you had started a, supplementing a, a our side income. hustle. Yeah. Advocare, uh-huh. where you're uh-huh. like selling vitamins, yes, or something. Yeah. Right? What what is Advocare? What was that? I remember wellness products. Yeah, but like Spark. Yeah, okay, you ever drank Spark before? No, yeah. Yeah, of no. course you have. Everybody no, I did not drink Spark. It's Spark Spark was like the first natural energy drink made of like vitamins, not like Okay. Red it had caffeine in it, but it was yeah. like it wasn't like bang. I used to buy it. It was like good, good, good yeah, energy. Not doing any of that. Yeah, it was like you put it, you like get a little a scoop. scoop. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember this. But I had lots of I friends that were that. doing Advocare at the mm-hmm. time. And Advocare is kinda of like it's kinda of like young living essential oils. It's yeah, like, it's, it's a direct a sales company. Direct yeah. sales, multi level yeah. marketing. Mm-hmm. And so at, at this time where you like I I know again I'm I well I I know from like an outside what I'm hearing around everything is that you were like at the very top of that. Yeah. You were like, and were you at the top of that at this, in this moment? Yes. So y'all well, were, y'all were already, cr- quite, you were crushing we, it. We were making really great money. Okay. So, we so really while music's blowing up, your side hustle was also blowing up. Yep. And so y'all were financially secure, which allowed, yes. which allowed you when you said, man, I think I'm not supposed to be doing this. It, it gave it you was the, literally God's timing. Yeah. Okay. So, totally. so you were at this conference mm-hmm. and that was also going well. It's not like you quit and then you had to go start this thing. Yeah. Right. And I, I, uh, I just, um, I just knew or just, I don't know how you explain that, but you like, you just know in your knower, you know what I mean? Like yeah. something I got to do. And, um, I talked to the guys about it after a show one night. Um, I didn't really know how, to, like I said, I, and I, I've, I still regret that, like not being able to like explain to them, you know, how I was feeling at the time. Um, but, you know, it was just time to do it. And so um, we played a big show at Billy Bob's, main stage at Billy Bob's. They marketed it as a farewell show. I was like, can we not call it that? But, you know, I was like, yeah, whatever. I was like, what about farewell for now? Because I was like, yeah. I still don't know what was, I'm going to do. That was doing. your first time to headline Billy Bob's? Um, 
Maybe the main stage. Okay. Yeah. And that's a big, I mean, that's the biggest room in town. Like, there's no bigger venue. Bass Halls. No. No. Billy Bob's has, it's like 5,000. Yeah, it's 5,500 actually. 5,500 seats. So you're like, I can headline the biggest room in town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and we sold we we sold a lot of tickets. Yeah, for that show, and that was your last show. You were just like peace. Uh, and yeah, and then I just sort of, I just sort of stepped away for a season. And I don't even now looking back, I don't even know how long that season was, which is the craziest can't thing. No, and it was uh, maybe a year, something like and that. Did you get much backla- backlash? Uh, to a degree, there's certain people probably not happy with me. I feel like people were sad. Your fans were probably sure. sad. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I mean, your band, like, I mean, you're going to tell your band that you're quitting. They're like, dude, this is your my, like, I've been working with you on this thing too. Like, we're grinding it. We're trying to make yeah. it as well, just like with you. And I'm sure like that's some fans were probably upset, not mad mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. The guys were not happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Everybody was happy. And, and I, then you went, you went to India. And then shortly after I go to India. And, and why, why did you go to India? Uh, just, we had started the process of adopting our first little yeah, girl that's from right. India. Yeah. And so that brought you to India. Mm-hmm. And so music stops or pauses. We're going to say pauses because we, we know you didn't quit. You know, it's like right. a, it was a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it stops. You're still financially secure. Um, and then going through the process of adoption in India. And that begins a whole other mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so we take a trip to India. Uh, it was with Open Door Church, a guy named Troy Brewer. We go to Open Door. Um, or, I mean, we, we went with him mm-hmm. to India. Um, and it just radically changed everything. Saw the craziest things in the world. I mean, India is just this radical experience all the way around. You've been there? You've been uh-huh. there? Like, like yeah. what What do you mean by that? Like I mean, radical, it like... punches like... you in the face in all six senses. You're just like... Because <laughs> everything's so extreme. The smells, the food. Yeah, the... I said six senses. You only have five. But yeah. yeah. You get like hit in the six senses. Yeah, there's there a ghost too. that hits you too. <laughs> yeah. Is it like... It's called like... like Poverty, way of life. Yeah, uh, the way it, it smells, the way it sounds, the way it feels, yeah. the way, I mean, it just everything about it is so 180 degrees from like where we are sitting. Mm-hmm. And what city did you go to? We went to Vijakapatnam. Uh, uh, um, in South know. India. South we went India. to Hyderabad and, and Vizag. Okay. Vizag is what they call it for sure. Mm-hmm. South India. Really hot. Like, really hot. In the face of the sun, hot. And, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, I mean, I just saw things there that I just never, I saw, you know, we, we did a three night crusade and I saw crazy miracles and crazy things happen. And I saw 1500 people like get up and run to the front to get saved. I mean, at a crusade, I mean, it was wild, dude. It was wild and it was life changing. And, uh, and so I, so was that in that moment, was that affirming? Oh, shoot. I didn't hit myself. <laughs> <laughs> was that affirming that decision? We were like, man, this is. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's like I didn't know what playing music was going to look like. I had I had been given the opportunity to lead worship at our church, but I had kind of taken that real slow because I was like, I do not want to get up there and, like, entertain people. That's what I know how to do. I don't want to do that yeah. in a worship setting. I don't feel like that's what we're there to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'd learned, like, three Jesus songs, and we get to that crusade thing the first night that I didn't even know we were doing, and the guy was like, they tell me you play music, you will lead the worship. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. so I did. And, and it was in front of 4,000 people on the other side of the world. And I was like, I guess I'm not done, done. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. I was like, yeah. look at this. 
like crazy new doors opened up. Right. And, and, uh, and yeah. And then after that trip, my wife and I get home and we're laying in bed one night watching a video of this guy, this missionary, he's playing fiddle in this group of, you know, Indian kids. And, uh, I mean, it was like, I want to do that. I don't want to play music. I'm going to do it like that. Mm-hmm. And she said, we should just start our own orphanage. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should. And then like a week later, she had started it. Yeah. An orphanage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was In like, India. Yes. Before you, had you adopted your daughter yet? We had gotten our daughter, yes. So, she, you're, so you went to India. Did you bring her back with you? No, okay. no, not on that trip. We okay. actually flew right over Mumbai and didn't get there. Okay, so you had it. your daughter. We went to those trip, and you're like, let's start an orphanage. Yeah. How do you, I don't even know. How, like, how do you, <laughs> to one to start an orphanage, well, she, like kids. She reached ha- out to our, I'm sorry, go ahead. But like, there's a lot I would think that has to go into that. Well, I mean, yeah, we didn't really think it through necessarily because <laughs> you know, there's so many children that, n- that need, yeah. and the need is so great mm-hmm. that we're just like, I mean, they're just everywhere. There's kids running around on the street all the time. It's like, if they need a home, we'll just give them one. It can't be that hard. Yeah. Little did we know. <laughs> I mean, we we tried to look for a, we. She contacted a guy named Ernest, who was the son of the pastor that we were working with. Went on that mission trip, and he and I became friends. She said, "Do you want to help us?" He said, "Yeah." She said, "We want to do it in Mumbai. That's where our daughter's from." He's like, "Well, I live in Hyderabad, and we speak a different language. Can we do it here instead?" Okay, sure. Uh huh. Great. And so we, I said, "Go see if we can find a building to lease. We'll start raising money. Find us a building." We gave it a name. I wrote a song called Love Like You Mean It a couple years before when I was working with this African children's choir. Um, it was a whole other story in itself. But um, we uh, we were like, we need a space. And so Ernest goes around and he goes all over the city trying to find a space. And nobody will lease him a space. Because he's being honest with him, telling him what mm-hmm. we want to do. We want to set this up as a home for girls specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we're not doing that. Can't do that. Can't leash you the building. We're not why, gonna do why? Number one, he was a Christian. Okay. Number two, uh, they didn't want to get involved in Just that. Culturally, that's like not yeah, acceptable they, there. Yeah, like, they didn't want to get into that. Yeah. No. No, and it, and it is like sort of a racket. I mean, there's kids that are just, they need a place. Yeah. Uh, but if you can feed them, you can clothe them, you can go give them money, you can do all those things on the street. But if you try to take them in, the government's going to come and they're going to say, you know, you can't do that um, because there's a whole process that involves a lot of money in yeah. order for you to do that. Okay. So, and so we, uh, we didn't know what to do. Ernest said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get in the car and I'm going to drive. He said, I had this idea in the morning, this morning when I was taking a shower, I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to drive and I'm going to drive until God tells me to stop and then I will have a place. So, okay. <laughs> Okay, bro. And so he gets in the car day one. Like three days later, he calls us. He's like, I found it. I said, what is it? And he's like, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in this place called, I don't know to tell you the name of the village, but <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, 90 miles outside of the city. And he got in his car and he drove. He just drove around. And I'm telling you, bro, if God Ernest. don't take you to this place, you ain't going <laughs> to You know what that. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so he just, he did that for yeah. a few days. You and know, I think it was three was days. Like, yeah. He's like, can I rent He'd just this? drive around all day, go home. Yeah. Drive around all day, go find something and go home. Ernest. Yeah. He could look for places like here, see, get, you know, are there places for sale, for lease or whatever. He gets out there in the middle of nowhere. There's a, there's a field, three acre field, cornfield. It's a whole, it's a huge cornfield. It's for sale. 
Just a field. There's no building. No. And he calls me and he says, I found a place. It's three acres. It's $10,000 an acre. And he said, but it's for sale. I talked to the guy that owns it. He'll sell us the property. He can do whatever we want to. He'll sell us the property. So we need 30 grand. And I was like, okay. Wow. We're going to Not just chunk change, chunk change. You know, yeah, it's exactly. like, that's, that's, some, that's some money. Yeah. That's some 30 money grand there. plus you need a building. You can't yeah. just have an orphanage in a yeah. yeah. 30 grand was just to buy yeah, a yeah, piece yeah. of land. Yeah. That's it. So Katie is like, why don't you just put online, put on your Facebook that you're going to do 10 acoustic shows for $3,000 a piece, house concerts or whatever. And if we sell 10 of them, then we have 30 grand. And I hadn't played music in a while. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking like, I don't know. I probably forgot. Yeah, yeah. Now. Who's Josh Weathers? We'll tell, yeah. him who, we'll tell him what it's for. Yeah. And we'll, here, here's a Venmo or what. I don't remember how we PayPal probably. And uh, 90 minutes later, we had 30 grand in the bank. Wow. Because people were willing to prepay. In an hour and a half. Danny, Danny Weaver, the aardvark, he's probably, he was one of the first people. Wow, he said, we'll so do cool. it. Give us a show. Wow. You know, uh, the blue light. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all willing, like, hey, we'll book it out whenever. We'll send you the money now. You That's need the money cool. now, we'll send you the money now. House wow. concerts, several house concerts. So that really day you people. got the money to Got go the by. money. Call Ernest. We got the money. <laughs> what do you mean you have the money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my And then that gosh. was the whole process of learning how to get money over there. That was a whole other deal. I probably can't talk about it on the podcast. But. Yeah. This episode of Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6th Ave Storytelling. At 6th Ave Storytelling, we know that stories aren't just for bedtime. They're powerful marketing tools, and we've seen what they can do. Want to see for yourself? Download our free PDF, The Storytelling Pathway, on our website, 6thAveStorytelling.com. It's everything your business needs to be successful. This is what I've used to grow my businesses and hundreds of others. It's a strategy that has led to number one albums, built large followings, and has helped generate millions of dollars in revenue, thousands of leads, and tons and tons of traffic. I've seen client after client reach their goals, which is why I'm crazy excited to share it with you today. I'm offering this for free because it's my personal mission to support small business owners and entrepreneurs no matter where they are at on their journey. Because small businesses are the heartbeat of a city and they really are what make it special. Sixth Avenue Storytelling has helped brands across the country grow their business using these exact steps. Head to sixthavestorytelling.com and download the Storytelling Pathway to get your step by step guide today. Yeah. Gosh, man. So we got the money, and then he was like, We need a wall. <laughs> How much yeah. is a wall? $70,000. A wall? Uh-huh. You don't need to put it around your like property. Eight okay. foot, like. Security. Fence. Oh, because yeah. this is girls are going to be here. Correct. Yeah. 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 And you use lots of riffraff, you know? Yeah. Okay. What do we need? 70 grand. Okay. We'll do this again. Yeah. Did it again. Made 70 grand. Oh, wow. You know? And then. And 100% of that is going to. Yeah. 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 We just, I would just send it to India or we'd take a mission team with us and everyone would carry just, and we'd take, you know, 10 people with us. Yep. Okay, you're gonna or six people, however many people on the team, you're gonna carry just under ten thousand uh-huh. dollars in your backpack. Wow. Don't lose it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you started playing shows again, and a hundred percent of that money was going to yes. start this orphanage. Mm-hmm. And the goal was we're gonna raise a million dollars and give it away. Whoa. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna raise a million bucks. We're gonna give it away. Playing mm-hmm. music. Playing music. Okay. Yeah, because I had money. Yeah. I had my life. I yeah. was okay. You know, Ad- Advocare was paying Correct. for your mm-hmm. salary yeah. and mm-hmm. be able to live and all yep. that. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, 
when so we did, did, that, we did that, that. That million dollar number, you y'all set that goal. We're gonna yeah. raise a million bucks. Yep. Yeah. yeah let's let's and so all my friends, you know, bandmates, everybody was on board. Uh huh. I, I made sure everybody got paid. I didn't want to. I didn't yeah. want to have to do things for free, and you know, people got compensated. And you but, raised a million dollars. Yeah, over Holy a million. Holy cow! No. Mm-hmm. So, you, so Josh, you re-enter music mm-hmm. in this very selfless way. I think I remember hearing about this. I was like, this is a crazy story. Uh, so, started when were you playing show shows, or were these all just like private? Yeah, parties no and shows. Stuff? Shows. So just like people every, started like clubs started. They heard about it. So every, like, every show again, you come did. play. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, and people were, were probably more excited even now to support you because this is, I mean, this is. Yeah, there was really, a purpose behind it. This is beautiful. So, yeah. And it was, it was very fulfilling for me because it wasn't a, it wasn't necessarily about me. It yeah. was about fulfilling something else. This was playing music is what I'm gifted and able to do, you know? And I think it's, I, I know mm-hmm. the God put me on this earth to do that. To, to entertain people, to engage with people in that way. But now I get to do it for this other reason. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we built the wall. We built playgrounds. And then we started the building. And we did a lot of that money, too, like went into just investing in, in the community out there. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Nick Choate went with me. So it's Nick, my wife, and myself. And we go to India to just go scope things out. We bought the land. We're going to go scope things out. Mm-hmm. We're the first white people they'd ever seen. Wow. Yeah. I mean, in this village, and we're talking about old people, man. And so you're giving, you're doing, putting money towards infrastructure as well, because I mean, just like just, water wells. Yeah, we that's put right. in several water wells because they don't had one. They had one, and people literally die of thirst in the summer. So that's, we're like, yeah. So we better put some wells in there, get some good electricity out there for some of these people, and you know, help do things like street lights. <laughs> you know, put street lights in out there and yeah. things like that, and and so some of the money went to that. I mean, we would have a project, which say, here's what we're doing. Here's what we need the money for. And then, you know, we just met some unbelievably generous people. Yeah. Like here in Fort Worth. It's yeah. insanely generous that we're like, we... We want to support the mission. I would go play a gig. I would talk about it on stage. Yeah. And, you know, I had a lady come to me and it's like, I mean, the first one was a $25,000 check. That was the most that had happened. And it was That's like... That's unreal. And then it was like, I, I had lunch with a guy... This is a crazy story. I had lunch with a guy and I was like, you know, I didn't have any pamphlets. I don't have like a spreadsheet. I don't have any of these things or I'm just going to go tell stories. Yeah. You know, and I go to lunch with this couple and, um, and tell them about what we're doing. And I go to the restroom afterwards. I'm like, Lord, I don't know if that worked, you know, cause I, I felt I need, I need, we need a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And I know they're going to ask me how much money you need. Am I supposed to tell them I need a hundred, tell them you need a hundred thousand dollars. So I go to the restroom and I'm like, you're going to have to talk to this guy because I don't know if this worked. You know, they're not they're great people. And uh, sure enough, man, he called me that night and he was like, I just got in my car and I just felt like I'm, we're going to give you a hundred grand. Holy cow. That's <laughs> so much money. And yeah. They gave Dude. me a hundred thousand dollars. <throat> and then they weren't the last ones. The other people yeah. and that same couple, they probably doubled that over the years. And wow. another couple, um, 
they went with me to India. My wife and her daughter went with me to India. And I mean, they've probably sewn $200,000 into it. I mean, it's insane, dude. Yeah. And unbelievable. And God just. But I think what's cool about it is that it's all going to that. And that was one of the things I really appreciated. And that, was that, like, I mean, even in nonprofit world, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes. You got to live. You got to survive. Like, yeah. You, just until recently, we've had to like invest it into like, we need an office. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, like we, we, we got to hire people. to. Help. We have one employee. Yeah. You know, I love like you mean as one employee. Katie and I, we're not, we don't take a salary from Love Like You Mean It. And, um, so you, so you built the orphanage, the orphanage is, it's built, the building is built. It's a four story, like it's like an apartment building. Wow. Because it's not going to be like institutionalized living, like Mm -hmm. typical orphanages. We're going to hire basically like families to come in and raise Mm. partial orphans. We can't actually work with full orphans because it's illegal for me to do that. But, you know, let's say a little, a young lady is her dad. Um, is dead and mom's works all the time. Does mom, mom, would you like for us to care for this, your daughter? Not that you can't come see your daughter, yeah. but she can live here and we'll protect her from you the know, street or the, what's going on outside. Correct. Yeah. Cause it's, it's way out in the outskirts. It's in the middle of nowhere, but traffickers come out there and recruit Oh yeah, all the time. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been a crazy deal. And meanwhile, you also adopted a lot of kids yeah we have four adopted children yeah, that's what yeah. i mean so you have y'all have five we have six now six, six? that's right yeah. you had a baby <laughs> that's a lot of kids dude <laughs> you have you still did you like keep the the band passenger van no <laughs> biggest mistake ever <laughs> biggest mistake i regret that is a major i sold it uh-huh. for cheap and, yeah. I was, and it was paid that off was seven like, of why did i keep that yeah i guess no wait there's eight eight, of y'all. eight. yes that's a like. Can they? Can so I do have a. Car? I do have a van though. Is it a van? <laughs> yeah, you got like to. What other car? So you Nissan yeah. NV. I'm trying to put like the Overland package on it. Make uh, it look <laughs> real, like, I call it the maxi van because I ain't driving no minivan. Yeah. That's so right. you adopted three more kids. Your daughter, and they're all from India, correct? I have three daughters from India, and then my son is from Midland, Texas. Okay. He's from okay. through foster care. Hmm. And why? So granted, you obviously are passionate about adopting and mm-hmm. orphans and boss. Can you talk about just why, why that? Well, that was really my wife. My wife, okay. even I mean, when we were in high school, she was talking about adopting kids. Mm-hmm. Was that freaking you out at all? Sure. I was like, <laughs> like trying to get through chemistry. Trying to get through chemistry. She said, you marry me, we're going to adopt babies, that kind of stuff. And I wow. was like, and it was funny looking back now, anytime she had to do like a book report when she was in school, like growing up, she always did it on mother Teresa. Wow. Always. That Every one of them. so funny, man. And then India just happens to be the place that we get connected with. This is a crazy story. Your wife is just like my wife. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. They, literally first date, she was like, I'm going to adopt kids. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Also obsessed with Mother Teresa. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. So I got a question. Okay. So you're, you go from, it, 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 it feels like, and I'm, I'm trying to think of it from a, if someone that knew you in music, right? Like you're playing six shows a night. You know, just six shows a night, or six. I mean, sorry, six (laughs) six shows a week. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't mean that. Six shows a week, right? You're, you say you're drinking. You're just, you're like going through the grind. You're finally made it. Like Josh is the entertainer, right? Mm -hmm. And then you step out of this scene, Mm -hmm. and then you come back into it. Yeah. Not this Josh. This is now this Josh. Yeah. What 
tell me like some challenges there. Like you are a new person. Like, mm -hmm. is it like, cause you have stepped away out of this identity of Josh entertainer and now you're Josh the entertainer, but you are for different reasons, different. You're kind of like remade, so to speak. Yeah. And I would right? assume people are skeptical. Of oh that, dude. Right? I, yeah, totally. I don't know. Right. You're like, yeah. and you tell them why, and you're like, God gave me this feeling and they're like, bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, oh, okay, whatever. That's so weird. That doesn't yeah. happen normally. Yeah. Right. Like they're going to either be skeptical or they're going to like not trust you, or they're just going to be like, this is weird. They don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, how well, do you navigate crazy. that? Yeah. You're you crazy. Know. How do you, how have you navigated that? Has it bothered you? No. Elaborate. That's please. awesome. Yeah, tell like it. Of course, being unliked for any reason is a difficult thing. To sure. Process for and, me, and as an and for my personality, you and I are the same. You want and people you, to well, like. Well, you. you're you're seven, right? Yeah, yeah. You're super into the Enneagram thing. Yeah. yeah. What are you? Uh, I'm seven. You are. But I don't know, really know anything about it. But I do know that like I being liked is an important part of my sure persona. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I've had to get used to that thing. Basically, if you're going to stand for something, people are going to not like that. That's right. Period. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And, and so I chose if I'm going to be a fool, I'm going to be a fool for the right thing. For the right reasons. For Jesus. Yeah. Because right. that's the only thing that's yeah. eternally going to make a difference for me. And so I, I just decided like, I'm going to go say these things in bars and clubs and and either it's it's going to rub people the wrong way or it's going to rub people the right way, meaning like it's going to – and I just felt like this is the thing God's going to use me. He's going to use love like you mean it. He's going to use this nonprofit to give me a platform to go into a place and speak about something that I feel passionate about. And either – and people are going – people are going to hear it. And for the most part, I am not caught really – any true, I, I would say, backlash over the nonprofit part, it's, it's mostly been like, um, not accolades, that's not the right word, but, you know, people that are like, they're just, they're like, they get it. They're like, awesome, man. Yeah. And I want to point out like an observation here, like most musicians and political figures, they are, they are famous, right? Like they've made it or they're about to be famous. And so they're constantly tiptoeing around issues or who they're supporting, who sure. they're not. Uh, sure. and, and they, because it, man, if they say the wrong thing, like just like that in a flash, their career that, is gone. That, that's right? only recently, I think. Well, our cultural, our culture has adapted like the yeah. You're done. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it can, or like a scandal, right? Like scandals but happen. You, you, when you don't want to lose something. Yeah. If you, you don't want to lose something, you got to like protect it. Yeah. And you're like, I already, I walked away. I lost this. it. I don't you, care. You, you didn't lose it. Yeah. You stepped away. And so you didn't have that burden. So whenever you step back into you're it, a lot bolder. yeah, you can say kind of like, here's what I'm about and here's what I stand for mm -hmm. because what do you got to lose? There is nothing there left. Yeah. And that's a really unique position, which is just amazing. Like, that's awesome. I don't, uh, I don't really know how to elaborate on it much more than like, <laughs> I mean, because just the, you found, you found a purpose and yeah. joy mm -hmm. that wasn't one, one, one thing that like for, for me as a musician, musician, like when I was playing, I, I, I would tell people this sometimes I haven't said it in a while, but like some of and Enneagram Seven. I don't really get depressed. I don't. I'm generally pretty happy. But, yeah. but you, I think everybody, everybody has dark moments. Sure. But some of my darkest moments 
always came after our biggest shows. Yeah, I was going to say that. No yeah. mat, like playing Red Rocks, playing in front of 20,000 people, playing in front of 30,000 people. We would do these massive shows or these things with a record label or on MTV. And it was like that next morning, because you just get such a freaking high. Yeah, yeah. And the next morning, I'm like, it's over. It's gone. There's, there's that a, moment's gone. Yeah. I think there's two uh, probably explanations for that. I'm not like a scientist or anything, <laughs> but we're even like a philosopher. But I think that like there's probably a realization that like those moments are fleeting and it's they so don't temporary. actually amount to much. Yeah. They amount to a wonderful memory and a story that you get to tell at some point. Mm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what are they going to say that at your funeral? Like Jamie played Red Rocks. He shredded. <laughs> he really put on a great show. That's right. You, know, you realize like, is that really that it's, important? It's leading. It's a wonderful thing yeah. to be able to accomplish. And it's a wonderful, it's a success. I never got to play Red Rocks. I would love to do that. But, uh, too, and then too, like, I think, uh, like, um, like your body chemistry, like the adrenaline, mm. it gets way high and then it dumps. And yeah. then the cortisol goes, and you're just like, I don't know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, but if it, you don't have that, purpose or more like when you when it's all about you and yourself it's so it's it's fleeting and you're always chasing the next high i gotta have the next high. i gotta yeah have, i gotta have it the is next like thing. a drug next thing it is like that it, it, and, but i think for you it's like it's like when you find something where you're giving yourself away man I, I'm, a, I'm a believer that like you find you get yourself you get life when you give your life away yeah and and uh, I think like you kind of discovered that, and and then then we're just blessed. Like you, like yeah, just you had a lot of favor. Yeah, yeah, the doors just started swinging wide open. There's been plenty that have slammed in my face. I'm pretty sure, but you know, I mean, it, it's just it's been a crazy journey. Yeah. So kind of to to bookend this, you know, um, I would say like, do you have like uh, in your words, how would you say, you know, you you have that moment on stage, like this is your pinnacle moment, and you say this is not the right place, right? Are you in your right place? And when did that like realization? I would say yes, like right, but like, kind of like define that story, like finish that story. I'm not in my right place. I, I are you needed, asking, is he in his right place now? Yeah, yeah. Are you in your right place now? Mm -hmm. And then two, like, I wasn't, can you, can you describe now why you weren't in your right place? The reason I wasn't in my right place was because I was like this, I did this, or I believed in this. Mm -hmm. Now I believe in this, or now my life is about this. Like, do you, if you had to kind of summarize that in a, I know that's pretty difficult. No. <laughs> We're talking about 20 years of, of life here. I mean... I was in the position to build Josh Weathers mm. before. That's, mm. that's that's what you do when you're in Green River Ordinance. What are you building, Green River Ordinance? Mm -hmm. You're building you're building this thing and this brand, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of back into that world now, where you know, music is now again what I do for a living, um, and we've I still fundraise. I still use that platform to do that, but. Um, it's now work, working to try to find that same sort of purpose that I had for that stretch of, you know, three years, I guess, where it was all going mm -hmm. to one thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the difference is my spiritual life. Okay. The person I was yeah. then to the person I am now, you know, the, my faith is really just sort of like the bedrock of who I am. And, 
And that hasn't always been an ascent. It's go, it goes like this. You know? yeah. I mean, I feel like we had a stretch of years where it was like, man, things could not get better. Like it's mm-hmm. just getting gooder and gooder and gooder all the time. <laughs> That's you know? right. But, but, but that, but then, you know, we hit some walls, you know, just personally and, you know, and, and then, and then with AdvoCare, AdvoCare changed their compensation plan, which went, we went from making unbelievable money to making zero dollars in an afternoon. That was like, that was like a year ago, two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. May 17th. AdvoCare just like straight up shut shut down. Well, no, they didn't shut down. They're, they're doing wonderful. But the, <laughs> your side of it. Yeah, the compensation plan changed uh-huh. so that it would not no longer be uh, like the multi-level marketing compensation plan um, <clears throat> because they got, they made an agreement with the FTC and they changed the compensation plan, which put the distributors basically, I mean, out of business. Yeah. And so. So were y'all freaking out? Well, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing the thing is is we had raised the million dollars. We had raised over a million dollars. We said, you know, we we met our goal. Yeah. And I've been playing and and I'm about to put out a record. You know, I was I was literally making a record at the time. The wild ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I was like maybe this is the opportunity. I'm just I'll just go it's back like to get back pursuing music, music, you know. That's it. And so with a completely different purpose, outlook, faith. Yeah. I, and and yeah. I can, um, the, my songs are going to be shaped differently. The way we tour is different. The band's different. You know, all those things are different. Uh, and um, it's just a matter of, yeah, the, those things have all changed. And so now I'm in the process of like, what's the next project going to be? The next record mm-hmm. going to be, or the next, I mean. So you're now, you're now doing music again uh-huh. full time. Mm-hmm. Still, you and your wife. Does your wife your wife full time kind of runs that runs a nonprofit? She runs two, two and she ha- she has another business. She's working from home. Okay, so um, she has, she runs Love Like You Mean It with our with with Ernest and myself, and then we have one employee with Love Like You Mean It, Chandra. Okay, she may watch this at some point. Shout out to Chandy, <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome. And then uh, she's like my wife's best bud. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then Katie also runs the DFW chapter of an organization called Safe Families, mm. Safe Families for Children. So we help basically like families in crisis, women in crisis mostly, mm-hmm. uh, who are kind of bouncing around from shelter to shelter, been evicted, things like that. And they've got kids mm-hmm. and then CPS is on the verge of stepping in, taking children out wow. of a situation that maybe that can be avoided if mom can get some help. So we find host families and churches that want to take short-term hostings and keep, keep a set of kids for six weeks and help mom get resources, get back on her feet and then keep the family together. Wow. So she... She works that every day. That's an everyday mm-hmm. thing for her. She does all the intake calls. So she talks to every mom. Oh my calls. gosh! Wow. Yeah. That's so. Much. Yeah. She's she's a she's a safe to say she's might be a little bit smarter than you. Oh wait. <laughs> she's definitely more level headed. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. super emotional, yeah. and I think that's part of who who how God made us. I'm I'm either red hot happy or just red hot like. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's been a growing thing for me. That's been, mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, just maturing and then understanding like not everybody's going to like you all the time. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think we're built to have everybody like us all the time. And, uh, you just can't let it bother you as much as, I mean, it really bothered me for a long time. Those well, kind of sure, things. Sure, man. Like that's yeah. your, that's who you are. I yeah. mean, in a way, career and personality. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So. so you're you're touring again. Yeah. Playing again, release for you see and you so twenty twenty was when the advocate twenty nineteen was an advocate stopped or twenty twenty? 
2019. Because you also yeah, have like, I'm jumping back into music and then COVID happens. And then that happens. Yeah. So, so what, that was another like just how did y'all going on? How'd y'all weather all of that? Dude, I have no idea how it worked out, but literally God sustained us. This is the craziest thing. We did all our taxes. We we're like, how did we make so much money? And I couldn't even play. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, but I, but I, but we did have a lot of people that wanted, they still wanted to like be entertained. So they were like, just, I did, I started doing like acoustic house shows again. Yeah. And you were like in 2019, live, you were doing these live stream things. That was, yeah, that was later. That okay. was during COVID. Yeah. And that was Katie's idea. You know, she was like, why don't we just do an event, right? Set up an event, right? Do a live stream show, cap it at 300 tickets, 20 bucks a ticket. Yeah. You know, and those kind of things. And, and all of that was, you know, was pretty lucrative. I, I mean, it, it's crazy. Dude. I remember watching you like live on a farm or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you like live in yeah, we live out in the country. The yeah. country. And you were like singing songs. And then you were like, come check out my chickens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these like chickens and stuff. Playing house shows with the chickens. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably like a Facebook. So, but y'all, so you survived 2020 and now is music going going well right yeah, now? Yeah, music's going well. I mean, I, I have this, it's a funny thing, you know, I, after, I think a couple of things, the video, obviously that gave me a career, you know, mm-hmm. I would never curse that song in a million years. I'll play it every night of my life yeah. forever and ever. And I have no qualms with that at all yeah. because I mean, God has used it in unbelievably for me to, to literally have a career because of it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it opened doors where people hear the other music and then they become fans, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to be able to play kind of regionally around Texas and still have, be able to make a living doing that. And then also be able to be at home virtually every day with my family, you know, with my kids and have a farm and do all those kind of things. (laughs) And then, um, it's kind of like this weird niche that I've, I've got. And I, I was just talking to the guys about it the other night. I was just like, it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, I have the opportunity to do this for a living. And, you know, I mean, guys making 40 bucks an hour, which sounds like a lot of money, but when you work, work eight, nine hours a day for 40 bucks an hour, I wear you out, man. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, I'm, it's just it's crazy. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, it really is favor. Yeah, dude, you, I feel yeah. you've, had, you've had a lot of uh, favor. And then, so I, I want, we've gone long. These stories long. We didn't even cover. Are we going to do ju- part one, part two? We jumped yeah. over a few parts, which which I think is okay. I, I want to get into just some advice. I want if we were like you were to give us advice before we get there. We haven't talked about Dad Rock, which uh, is sort of your. I thought you were going to bring up the inauguration. No, I'm skipping that. I'm skipping okay. that part yeah. of things. I feel like we, yeah. <laughs> if we went into that, that'd be another. 45 yeah. minutes. It um, happened. It's worth a Google. You there played you, you played for a president. Yeah. Which is pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. And cool. That's another story. Yeah. Um, Dad Rock mm-hmm. is your latest <laughs> venture. Yeah. Which is like John Mayer was Instagramming Mark about yeah. Dad Rock. He was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Because it's he, really freaking cool. Can you tell people what, what Dad Rock is? And is that like just for fun? Is that like what... You, you don't even know what Dad Rock is. No, no, that's part of my <laughs> well, job. I had the idea a few so years ago. So nothing about um, Josh. Uh, it was actually before COVID. I had the idea to just, I was like, hey, why don't we just start like making some videos of like some like Yacht Rock style songs, that kind of stuff and and call it and Dad y- Rock. Yacht Rock is kind of like 80s, 90s 
cheesy 70s, ballads. 80s. 70s, yeah. 80s kind of. Yeah, like Steely Dan and uh-huh. Michael McDonald and um, there's all kinds of, there's a lot of stuff in that in that vein. But, um, and originally it was, I had, I had the idea and it was just going to kind of be for video, just for fun. Just you know? fun content. Yeah. yeah, just just for fun. And, uh, and then we had the idea, we talked about starting, you know, starting dad rock, like this cover band. I always called it dad rock. And then, um, and your dad listened to this kind of music. Yeah. That's, okay. that was the idea. This was like, yeah. this is stuff that I either listened to with Dad's my dad listened to, yeah. or like my dad introduced me to. If you're, if you're a millennial, your dad probably listened to some of this. Correct. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, we were playing at the Granberry Live Theater in Granberry, and we were joking around on stage, and I started taking requests from people, and people were requesting all kinds of stuff, you know. And and, and who, who's kind of, coming to? Are just like millennials are coming? They're like, I just got to hear these songs. Like, yeah. So what, the, okay. this, so the Dad Rock hadn't happened yet. This is okay. like at a job. Oh, because just at a show. So okay. I'm taking I'm taking okay. requests, and people are like requesting all the songs, and I was like, Well, I have this idea. We're going to start this cover band called Dad Rock, and we'll just play all those songs in Dad Rock. And we kind of we kind of did like a little promo of what uh-huh. we thought the band would be like. We did like I keep forget I'm not in love anymore. We did that kind of stuff, and, <laughs> and, and people were like, "Woo!" And I was like, "I tell you what, I have another show here in May," and I was like, "We'll come as Dad Rock, but you have to go buy tickets tonight." And so they walked out of the box office and sold the show out that night. Oh, no way. Yes. Yeah. And so For Dad Rock. With and Dad Rock. And Dad Rock yeah. did not even, even exist. So Josh Weathers' band. band, now Dad Rock in one like, night. Oh, right. And so, <laughs> so, so, so I, uh, I, I, you know, Blaine and Paul was like, well, we're going to have to learn some songs. So Blaine and Paul. And then I call Leo, my buddy Leo Signs, great guitar player. Leo's incredible. And then I call a keyboard guy named D Mims. D ends up, he's not, he's not able to do it. Um, And then Paul goes out to Magnolia Motor Lounge one night with Leo just to hang out. And Mark's there, Latiri. And um, they're like, what have you been up to? And Mark sees the set list. Paul shows him like, these are the songs like Josh is doing this cover band thing. And Mark's like, I'm in the band. (laughs) I'm in it. And, I'm Mar- doing that. and Mark Letiri for for people for, that for are, me for you for the people that don't know. Mark's won like four Grammys. He's unbelievable. He's guitar famous. Yeah, he's he he's good, he's like on the cover of like Guitar World and Tar- He he lives here. He went to TCU. You might know Mark Letiri. He played in the gospel. Band. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I know Mark. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like a okay. Yeah, at TCU. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Went on to also be like super successful, famous mm-hmm. guitar player. Dude, he's in a band. He's in a band called Snarky Puppy. Snarky and Puppy from oh, nice. Denton and they're Wolfpack and pl- like yeah, he plays with the guys from Wolfpack. Yeah, and Fearless Flyers. They have another group and and he's and in his own right, I mean, his own stuff. He's done really well with he's and tours all over the world. Crazy wow. town, you guys. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's like and like how his voice is crazy, and I'm like, <laughs> so Mark is next Mark level. Is, Mark is like a Lamborghini yeah. of guitar players. Yeah, so yeah, he essentially is like guitar famous. So Mark is in. On so Dad Mark's Rock. in, and Mark wants to do it, and then uh, we need some more vocals. Mark's like, "Hey, why don't we get my Adrian Hewlett?" I was like, "Oh yeah, Adrian's great, yeah." So Adrian Hewlett, you know Adrian? I I know who he is. Really? Yeah, he's a wonderful dude. He's awesome. And he and I was like, Adrian was like the rug that tied the room together. He just uh-huh. like yeah, and he plays congas and sings sings you know some of the songs, and then lots of harmonies. And so several of the guys in the band can sing, so that we can nail all the harmonies because a lot of stuff back then, a lot of harmonies in it. And uh, and then we got Daniel Porter. Daniel plays with Mark. 
um, he, keyboard player. He's the only guy in the band that's not a dad. He's <laughs> 30. And so we're like, Paul's old enough to be his dad, probably. Yeah, yeah. But, so y'all been doing these shows? So yeah, yeah, we've just started, we just kind of started getting the ball rolling. We're talking about like video content, that kind of stuff, because... Um, and they wear these ridiculous outfits. Yeah, like, I mean, everything is built to look like, I'm like, we need it to look like 1981. <laughs> like, you know, a very, op, like, just a yeah. very sort of just like not a year that like, 70s had their own thing. Then later in the 80s, it had their own thing. Yeah. There was this kind of window between like yeah. 78 and 85 where nobody knew what was happening. How short are the shortest shorts? Blaine wears the shorts. Nobody <laughs> okay. else wears shorts. Yeah, yeah. Blaine wears jorts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's, just like, that's what we need. Almost obscene. I need yeah. that, yeah. Knee-high yeah. socks with the stripes yep. on them. There we go. Yeah, so and you, I wear like, I always wear like a old beat-up pair of Wranglers because every rock star wore Wranglers. You oh, wore blue yeah. jeans with everything in 1981. Yeah. If you look at a picture of Michael McDonald, he's like at a gala or something, you know, wearing like a tuxedo top and blue jeans. Yeah, that's you know, fantastic. Tennis shoes that look like these. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. And so y'all are playing shows. So you're doing Josh Weather shows and you're doing some dad rock shows. Yeah. 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 It's amazing, dude. It's, it's like, it's incredible band. It's, it's crazy. I really want it. It has the capability to do like, you know, we've talked about it, like playing festivals with uh -huh. the band because even though it's covers, the musicianship is so good. The guys in the band are so good that like musicians appreciate it. And yep. it's like, it's crazy. You hear, you hear these guys, you hear Leo play the solo from Peg, the Steely Dan song. That's like, Nobody can play that solo. Leo nails that solo. And then you hear Mark Letiri play like Neil Sean guitar solos from Journey, and it sounds like Journey. So there's like a genuineness to it that's not like Cheesy. your typical kind of cover These band These are like thing. your, your mu musicians, musicians from town. Yes, and this is – and playing songs that people love. And it's like love. There's a cheesy, fun, yeah, hilariousness. Yeah. yeah. And you're busting out the dance moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dance the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Never stopped it. My hip hurts today because I'm like I want to go shaking it too much. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. The guys are so good. That's cool. Okay, so so we we spent a long a long time getting into the story, which I man, it's cool. It's cool. Your story is is inspiring. I mean, it's it's, it's really neat. I feel like there's a lot of life lessons just within your story. I mean, like a personal of like seeking after fame, the fleetingness of notoriety of fame. You know, those types of things. And not being afraid I would to never take risks. That, by the way, though, I mean, I think I think that there's a there's a certain there's oh, there's still in me there's a part of you that all like I, yeah like being famous, be famous is fine yeah, and it's, it's good awesome. like there we it's need wonderful. famous people yeah, yeah. Love to be famous but but i think like what you are saying is whatever whatever that was is that that fame like to degree of what that was it wasn't right it what you didn't have it it just right and like whereas now it's like the the fame and notoriety which may or may not come like i mean it has come you're you're famous right but <laughs> even more so i feel like it's it's right though you know what i mean like where you could pursue that in a right way well, yeah you I feel mean, that yeah i mean it's still there's still always this it's a balancing there's a balancing act the whole yeah time. you know if things you're willing to compromise and things you won't compromise and, yeah. and that kind of stuff Do you have that like written down no it's probably a good idea like some guiding principle kind of thing i mean do you do you and your wife have the equivalent of that like as a family or yeah i mean it's sort of at this point i think it's probably unspoken uh -huh. my wife and i we've been together for a long enough time that it's like we know what our values are what our family values are and and what we're willing to sacrifice and not mm -hmm. uh -huh. and those kind of things so, so 
so tell us some, tell us some, I mean, I feel like there's like intuitive lessons just for like along with your story. Right. But like, just to kind of like dig in a little bit deeper, like, like, man, biggest regrets professionally. We don't have to dig into personal stuff here, mm-hmm. but like biggest regrets, like biggest mistakes, like something that if your you're, mistakes are also generally lessons. Like yeah, that's you, absolutely. That's when you learn something. Yeah. Like you're talking to a younger, a younger Josh, or, I mean, even like, you know, you're running what, how many nonprofits and, and now each band is a, is a business within itself. Right. I mean, so you're running four five, six, seven businesses and had a really crazy successful business. Yep. As well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With AdvoCare. That's what I'm saying. Like you have your hands in the nonprofit world and the music, music world and an actual business world. And so like some little nuggets, that's what we're looking for. Passing on some nuggets. Yeah. To a younger Josh. Younger Josh. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Younger or Josh. to an up-and-coming artist. There are some things that I would love to tell a lot of musicians. That Dude, I, here it is. Here's is, the platform. Is, well, and and so part, we'll part of the reason with, for this is like, is I feel like you you learn things two ways, either by making mistakes, learning the hard way, or trial and error. I'm trying things, or by being in proximity to people who have gone before. Yeah, you. I'd rather learn from somebody else's mistakes. It, it's way easier. So, th- <laughs> so, th- but this is the chance. Like most people won't be able to get sit in a room with someone like you who's done as many crazy things as you have done. Mm-hmm. So this is your chance. If you're like, I'm passing on <laughs> some, I keep saying nuggets. Yeah, that's what they are. Wisdom, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Uh, I mean, this is probably geared more toward, that could be towards anybody, but I mean, this is a thing that it's still shaping me every day mm-hmm. is that what is your identity in? And it's ultimately, I mean, it's a thing that's going to, make you or break you because things are going to come. Bad things are going to happen, you know, and hardships, you lose your business twice in a year, you know, you lose, those things are going to happen. Where is your identity? If your identity is wrapped up in your career, you are toast. That's You're right. toast mm-hmm. because there's nothing that says it's going to last forever. You know, if your identity is wrapped up, if my identity is wrapped up in my ability to sing and tomorrow I wake up and I'm like, bah, 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 and it never comes back. What am I going to do? Yeah. Who am I now? Yeah. You know, that, that's probably, I, I would say is a, is maybe a fearful thing, but I don't, I don't want to be in fear obviously, but, um, my identity has to be rooted in who I am in, in God, like who God is to me and who I am to him. Mm-hmm. Because if my identity is not there, then I can be just like this. You know, you build your house on a rock. Or you build your house on sand, and and we live in the culture today. Uh, and my wife and I are we are we like to accomplish, we like to move, we like to do those kind of things. But we just this morning we're looking at each other, we're like this pace is whooping us, mm-hmm. like because I played five gigs last week. Yeah, and you know, and then Sunday was booked solid all day, and then you know we're just like okay, we gotta like <laughs> pump the brakes, slow things down, you know, check your identity, get our get our, get our foot. Putting yeah. back, yeah, identity is everything. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, and I may regret saying that later. Be like, oh man, there's what? something smarter I could have said. But uh, it to me, it's it, your identity has to be grounded in things that uh, it has. You have to build your house on a rock. And what do you? What does that look like practically? Practically, like what? Like what is that like? You tell yourself like you you. And when you say identity, that means just like what? Like what does that mean? Well, I mean, you think about it, like. Um, they say, they say that if a man loses his job, Mm -hmm. okay, 
gets laid off, gets fired, that if he goes without work for more than six months, that that is a more grievous process than losing a loved one to a man. Hmm. Why is that? I mean, is that how God, is that how we're built? So your personal value. Yeah. Where does your value lie? Who you see yourself as. Yes. Yeah. So if my value is in a position, you know, if my value, if you go, if look, if you go to a, a party, you go to something like that. What do you hear men sitting around talking about? Yeah, they work, their thing, job, their, their work, success. their success. What do you do? What do yeah. you do? What do you do? What do you do? Oh, I do this. I mm-hmm. do that. I do that. And it's just like, to me, it's almost exhausting sometimes mm-hmm. because it's like you hear car guys talk about cars. You yeah. hear guy, And th- maybe that's just a thing that they relate to one another as yeah. human beings. This is the thing we talk about. But when I went to India uh, the first time, it sh- this is one of the things that struck me. This old dude walks up to me, and this is how several of the guys greet you. They shake your hand, and they go, how are you in the Lord? And I'm like... Getting deep real fast. Yeah. 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 And they're like, I'm like, well, good. And you know, because I'm like, I don't know how am I. Yeah. What is my? What does that look like for me? What does my devotional time look like? What is that... You know, how much time am I spending doing that? Or how much time am I chasing other things? And I'm as guilty of it as anybody. No doubt about it. Um, but yeah, I would say identity has to be grounded in something yeah. that, you know, my faith is a thing that keeps my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, I think it's a good, like, I don't think, you know, one thing, I, don't, I didn't hear you say this, but one thing like to clarify is, is identity is different than hard work and like devotion to something or like, uh, I'm going to put a lot of effort into something, Certainly. right? Like if you're going to be successful or you're going to like grow a business, dude, you're going to have to dedicate some time, sweat, blood and tears, Absolutely. right? Yeah. But, at, but identity is different in the fact of if it gets ripped away from you, yeah. can you sustain? Like, can yeah. you move on? Yeah. Can you still have joy? Yeah. And that's a big, I think, the big difference for, for me personally is like trying to separate those two things out, mm-hmm. right? Like identity is always the hard work and effort and they, they go in hand in hand for sure. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't work hard at uh, doing other to, things. You know, like I you think, have to, right? Yeah, that has to, there's character and integrity play a huge part in, yeah. or into your identity. It's almost like if this thing got ripped from me, would it destroy me or cripple me? Like, am, yeah. I, am I still, am I still Josh without yeah. this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the identity test. Like it, it, if, whether, whether it's business, music, yeah. nonprofit, if this was taken away, if I, my voice, if I lost this, yeah, am I still me? Yeah. Know, or do I need, do I need it, this? Will it thing? shake you? Of course. You're a yeah, human yeah. being. Of course. Those hard. things are going to, yeah, it's, yeah, it's humanity is going to get shook. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I don't, maybe that's, uh, hopefully that's maybe not a vague answer, but it's. I think it's, that's, that's your, that's your philosophical so, answer. So identity test. Okay. Nonprofit gets ripped away. Mm-hmm. Music gets ripped away right now. Mm-hmm. You still good? Mm, yeah. It'd take me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It'd take me a minute to, to, to like get my bearings, you know? Yeah. And figure out, okay, what's next? Well, why has this happened? I think, yeah. and that's good. Like that, yeah. that I've process got to assess, is good. Okay, is this, is this based on choices I've made? Have, yeah. I, have I caused this to happen? Yeah. You know, because oh, I'll good. own that, take responsibility of that. If Have I done something? That's, that's, yeah. hard, that's hard to own. Yeah. 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 That's right. And, or, uh, and then, and then if I can say like, no, I think that this is just a matter of circumstance and who knows? Yeah. You know, 
God knows. Who knows? I don't know. That's good, man. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to now we transition to something else. Yeah. Because obviously there's something else for us. So we're going to keep moving. Right. That was, is hard to say, man. That's that's really cool. But it's it is. Th- th- is that is that a scary thing to think about? Sure. Heck yeah. I think it's probably. But fear scary. is not. I mean, it's a so question you have to ask is necessary. yourself. Again fear again. is necessary for courage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Fear is necessary for courage. I was just saying it's a question you have to ask yourself again and again and again. Like yeah. you know, no one's like, I got it. I nailed it. I yeah. nailed this. Mm-hmm. No, but fear is necessary for courage. That is true. You Can can't you, have courage without fear. Because you have that. to overcome. Yeah, you have to. The, yeah, you gotta you gotta fear something to have courage. Exactly, there's yeah. a vulnerability. Exactly, yeah. I it gotta has do to be like that. good to have bad, bad to have good kind of thing. What about? Uh, are there any decisions you made where you're like this, from a business standpoint, or building your brand, or build or whatever? Like, were, any, were there any decisions that were just pivotal, pivotal, pivotal? Not a real word. Pivotal, really important decisions that were the right ones like this was one of the best decisions i ever made i mean marrying my wife <laughs> okay that's a good okay. one so if you don't say that you're dead but the truth is is i mean who i am today is built a lot on who uh just her foresight her discernment her ability to go like bad idea good idea and she's so good at that having a having a partner who can speak into that and push you yeah, yeah. push you challenge you mm-hmm. yeah and and be you know like um she's the one that she really is i mean i i can't take credit for all these like you know the nonprofits and all that world and all that kind of stuff because she's she really spearheads so mm-hmm. much of that all of that really mm-hmm. and i just become kind of like the mouthpiece bell horn yeah Whatever that thing is. What do you call those things? <laughs> megaphone. The megaphone. megaphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bands. What are we doing? What are we? What are? What's? Uh, oh, the advice for musicians, mm-hmm. up and comers. Play more weddings. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? To learn how to entertain people. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Because as people who have not paid money to come see you, they don't give a rip. Yeah. About you, your songs, who uh-huh. you are. They don't care. The bride and groom, probably fans, maybe four of their friends, but that's then nobody it. else. Nobody else cares. Good way to cut your teeth. I think weddings. so. I think yeah. so. I mean, I think. Did it, you play a lot of weddings? Lots. Really? Mm-hmm. A lot of weddings and a lot of four-hour nights where you had to play covers and lots of them. And what was your worst experience on stage? Oh, good question. Worst experience on where stage? Where you just felt like, I hate my life right now. This is the worst feeling I've ever had. In Colorado one time. Yeah. The first one that comes to mind, and we were in Colorado, there's steamboats. We're way up high you know altitude's probably not my Helping greatest you. friend yeah <laughs> and we found some little restaurant had cheap margaritas and so we just went to Hell town yeah. you know this was yeah this was back in the this day is, this is this is yeah. uh and i was so i was so annihilated on stage i could not <laughs> margarita annihilated yeah yeah and i could not i could and then you know beers whatever was after yeah. that and then we were like making drinks at the house before we go to the gig yeah i couldn't even tune my guitar Oh my god. I couldn't because you know it's like strobing like this and I could I yeah. could not tell where it was. Uh-huh. They wouldn't pay me at the end of the night because they were like, if we give him that money, he's gonna lose it. Somebody else <laughs> yeah. has to come get it. Yeah. Yeah. We still put on a show, I guess. Yeah. And some of my like some of like I, I guess are regretful things is some of the way I used to talk on stage. I see some of those videos pop up on YouTube every once in a while. Yeah. And my mom used to get on to me. She's like, You watch your mouth up uh, there. Yeah. And I would say things and then now I'm like, oof. Like makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah. 
kind of tacky. <laughs> yeah, mistakes forming into like you can see those now is like these are all my all of your lessons yeah. leading into who you want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And yeah. what what's next? Uh, well, we are. Uh, well, we just had a baby. So Asher, how, how long Asher, ago that? he's three months. Oh wow! So yeah, you're just now coming out of the weeds. Yeah, yeah. I'm just oh, now man. like we're sleeping. Okay. Yeah. Coupled with playing several nights a week. Yeah. This week was yeah hammered down, boy. It was uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and and my wife, you know, she's been waking up feeding the baby, but actually he's doing really well, sleeping through the night. He looks just like me. It's a trip. Dude. That's cool. oh my goodness, it's crazy. Um, what's next? I'm going to make it, I've got to, I'm in the process of like working on what the next record is going to be. Uh, and then I have an idea for a tour around Texas that I want to, that I'm working on, uh, like a small town Texas tour. Oh, right on. Yeah. And play like these little off the beaten path towns that no one has gone and entertained those people in a long, long time. <laughs> and, uh, and because they're not, you know start kind of like West Texas. I've talked to some people about it and some guys want to get on board with it and and then document that whole thing. Oh, that's start cool. having start having sort of have like a little documentary series mm. telling the story of these peoples and these these people in these small towns. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I love that. That's you cool. want you I come with me. Yeah. Yeah. Long. Because we we we've we've been playing some of those some of those places and you talk to these folks and they just have the most amazing stories and nobody hears them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's right. And they just have a different philosophy on life. Uh-huh. I talked to this guy, and we can wrap it up. But I talked to this dude, and he was like a farm and ranch guy, runs a ranch, you know, probably like twenty thousand acre ranch. And he's like, he's at the show in Haskell, Texas. Okay, yep. And he's like, uh, he's like, um, yeah, I was up in Baltimore a while back for business, and. I was at this bar and I was talking to this bartender and she said, I just, I don't know how, I couldn't live like you. I couldn't live like you. Like, you don't have any neighbors. You don't have any. And he's like, no, we don't. And he said, well, I couldn't live like you. I couldn't spend half my life sitting at a red light. And I was like, that's like. That's gold. That's his, I was like, I'm going to write a song about it. He goes, roll right it. <laughs> but it's just the truth. It's that's just right. philosophy. Yeah. You know? yeah. And those people don't have a voice anymore. I say yeah. that. I mean, they're just like. Those stories need to be here. People need to hear from these folks. Yeah, and the yeah. characters and the people that oh, you're going to meet is going to be great. The That's guy awesome. who was the star high school quarterback oh. now runs the grocery store. That kind Uncle of Uncle Rico. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Rico. Not too nice, too. Yeah. yeah well, whatever. You know, whatever yeah. the stories are. Because we, we talk to people, you know, That's out right. on the road. And it's great. You go out yeah. West Texas, man. You're either farm, ranch, or you work on wind turbines. You know, have you seen those wind turbines mm-hmm. out there? No, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. They're it's pretty crazy. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool idea. Yeah. It'll be fun. Uh, and then and then trucks. what's what's the ne- next for the, the orphanage and the nonprofit? Well, because the the borders have still been closed to tourists, you can't go over there right now. Oh, we haven't been okay. able to get over there. So we haven't even seen it, like completed. Wow. Mm. Uh, but we did just hire a teacher out there who's cool. teaching the kids. So we started the school. Mm-hmm. So we're educating the kids in the in the village. Mm. So we have several kids that are meeting for school five days a week and no way that's yeah awesome. they have bible club on sundays it's a trip dude they can speak some english wow yeah 
If people if people want to give to that, how do they do it? Uh, you can either go to my website, joshweathers.com, and there's a link to Love Like You okay. Mean It there, or you can go to lovelikeyoumeanit.us. Okay. If you go to oh. .com, you're going to end up on so if they couples they go, if they go to <laughs> <laughs> Couples <laughs> cruise. Couples cruise. <laughs> yeah. Love Like You Mean It. That's fantastic. So it's, it's all on the website, tour dates, mm-hmm. nonprofit, mm-hmm. all of it. Yep. Cool, man. We, and I'm going to get you to play us a song before we, before okay. we, before we leave. But I, dude, I appreciate you sharing your story with us. This was, it's, man, it's wild. Hope it wasn't too heady. You know, no. anything about man, that? if, but, yeah, it's, it's like, if you don't believe in some sort of higher power or God or something like that, dude, your story is like preaches. You can't it. argue yeah. with you that. Can't, you, you can't, can't argue with your story, man. That's, that's a, mm. that's really cool. That's, I was, it's really, we really appreciate you sharing that with everybody. And you can't, see, you can't not see God in a story like that. It's like just the what the doors he's opened up and the ways to take yeah, care of you. I mean, that's right. It's really been cool. a great experience. Yeah, I mean, man. There's obviously there's been trial. There's been all those things, but yeah. Well, it's you awesome. shared some trial too, man. You shared some pretty down moments too. So that's, yeah. that's cool. That was cool. That's awesome. Well, Josh is going to sing us out. And we're going to uh, I'm going to close this up though. Thanks for listening for Stories with Soul. Two Stories with Soul. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stories with soul today. A lot of stories with soul. If you like what you hear, rate the podcast, comment, share it. Uh, until next week. All right. It's cold on the mountain. I'm sipping my cup looking up at the great and big moon. Just trying to imagine you're out there somewhere thinking about me too And staring at the same old sunset It's burning up the sky like a regret And working on my heart like you said I should really let you go And so lately I've been Giving myself forgiveness And living in the moment at the end of the day What's done is done Give life all you got Cause you only get one Still I get lonely I'm sitting around breaking down Thinking about what it was Looking back at the old days I'm doing good, pretty good, but sometimes I catch myself Thinking that you were someone else And staring at the same old sunset It's burning up the sky like a regret And working on my heart like you said I should really let you go And so lately I've been Giving myself forgiveness And living in the moment at the end of the day What's done is done Give life all you got Cause you only get one game Just staring at the same old sunset That's burning up the sky like a regret And working on my heart like you said I should really let you go So lately I've been Giving myself forgiveness And living in the moment at the end of the day What's done is done Give life all you got Cause you won't let it on one, yeah You only get one
Cause you only get one. Congratulations, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, sixthavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by Six Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening. <laughs>